0: summer we're having a little break at tea with the queen but that doesn't mean you're left empty handed. I'd like to share with you some earlier interviews from season one. Our listeners love all our stories but these ones in particular stood out. Please enjoy. Why do you love it so much?
1: I think if you own your own business you have to be prepared to take risks.
0: Being a woman doesn't hold you back from achieving success. Yep, so if you're struggling, just stop and pause and and really reflect on why am I struggling here.
1: But I've also worked really hard and telling me it's luck I think just takes away some of that recognition of the hard work.
0: One last question. Welcome to Tea with the Queen, a show where I talk with some of my favourite go-getters, inspiring and courageous women in leadership and business. I'm your host, Emma McQueen. I'm a business coach, executive coach, author, and speaker. And for 20 years, I've been working with women to unlock their potential and get paid their worth while doing work they love. Today, I speak with Caroline Burrows. Caroline is a clinical social worker and psychotherapist and a director of Mindful Living, a counseling and psychology practice in Melbourne's eastern suburbs, specializing in post-traumatic stress disorder. Caroline's had phenomenal success with her business, growing from a sole practitioner model to managing a team of 10 mental health specialists under a company structure. She's had to learn pretty quickly how to run a business and all the things that comes with it, like cash flow, time management and leading a team of other professionals. As well as running her business, Caroline also heads up a specialist inpatient unit at a private mental health facility. She's an accredited EMDR trainer and consultant. And if you haven't heard of EMDR before, it'll blow your socks off. I know you'll love this interview. Hi Caroline. Hello, Emma. It's nice to see you. It's really nice to see you too. Tell us for our audience, what's EMDR therapy and how does it work? EMDR stands for eye movement,
1: Desensitisation and reprocessing. So it sounds like a bit of a computer game or something along those lines, but it's actually a form of trauma therapy, so a, a form of psychotherapy. It's been around for about 30 years but has developed a lot more traction in Australia within the last 10 years or so particularly. And it's a therapy that is designed to help people overcome the difficulties associated with traumatic or stressful life events. So when somebody experiences a traumatic event, the brain's capacity to process and to resolve that information can get interrupted. And so EMDR therapy is based on the idea that the brain has a natural ability to heal just like the body does, but that sometimes a traumatic event can overwhelm the brain's capacity to process that information and so it can get stuck. And what that means is that the event can have an effect long after it's over. So that might be, for example, a person has a car accident and years later they're still anxious when they're driving. And so people can have a reliving type of experience. They can have bad dreams or even flashbacks or an experience for example, bullying or abuse in childhood can really affect a person's sense of who they are. And so the legacy can live on long after the event is over. And that's where EMDR therapy comes in. So it's a therapy that's designed to help activate the brain in a way that enables the brain to process and to resolve that information that's associated with that stressful or or traumatic event in a way that enables the brain to process it and to move it through so that it no longer has the impact that it previously did. And so the EM, which is the eye movement part, is the most unique element of EMDR therapy. And so rather than just talking about that traumatic or stressful event, like you might in other forms of talk therapy, if you saw a psychologist or another therapist, what we're wanting to do in EMDR is to go beyond talking about the event to actually process it and enable the brain to do that. So we've got these quite curious uh, eye movements that take place in the therapy. So once the therapist and the client have decided what events are most relevant to work on, the client client is asked to think of that experience, to call it to mind, and the therapist guides them to notice the thoughts, the feelings, and the body sensations that go with it. So it's uncomfortable, obviously. But the great thing is they don't have to talk about it in all its detail. They need to be willing, though, to think of it. And then the therapist guides the client to track with their eyes. The therapist sits a bit closer and moves their fingers in front of the client's eyes and the client's eyes are rapidly following while they're thinking about that event and it activates the brain in a way that helps to really process and to resolve that event. So three things normally change. The memory becomes more distant or less in your face and secondly it's less emotionally upsetting and then thirdly the person can start to think differently about it and so all of those things lead to a resolution of that experience and so it becomes something that the person remembers rather than relives which means that it has a lot less impact on their day-to-day life. And a real advantage of the therapy is it tends to be a lot quicker than more traditional forms of talk therapy where you might talk and talk and think, why is this not resolving? Well, it's that you're not actually activating the brain in a way that really helps to resolve it. And so in a nutshell, EMDR therapy is about helping to kickstart the brain's natural healing system. It's a bit like taking a splinter out of your finger. If there's a splinter stuck in your finger, the body's ability to heal is impacted by that. And then when we remove the splinter, the finger can go back to what it normally does, which is to heal. And so effectively we're getting the brain's healing capacity back on board. It's a very exciting and um, and a very transformative therapy.
0: It sounds like it's an alternative therapy because, you know, uh, traditionally you would go to a psych or a psychiatrist or counselor or whatever it is and talk it out. And so uh, it's just fascinating to hear that it can resolve things trauma quicker. Mm. And I've got a, a, a number of questions for you. And And I don't know whether this is the right time to ask the question, but you would see a fair bit of trauma come through um, your two roles. And I'd love you to explain those two roles, but your two roles. How do you stay so positive? <laughs>
1: well, because we see change. I think if you didn't see change, it would feel hopeless. But it's actually quite an exciting privilege to be a part of a person's healing experience. And so I feel very excited to have something that I can offer people. And a lot of people that come to seek treatment once they've experienced trauma often have gone years and years um, with unresolved suffering and may have tried many different things. And so a lot of people who haven't tried EMDR therapy are very encouraged and excited that there's something new that they can try. So that gives me a lot of positivity and, and a lot of motivation to keep doing what I do because I believe in it and because I've experienced it myself as a client and I've seen the change that it's had in my own life.
0: It's amazing. It's um. It's really interesting what you do and maybe for our audience you could tell because you've got a number of roles um, and one is a business owner and a clinician but can you tell us about those two roles and how how that interplay kind Mm. of works?
1: Mm. So I have a psychology practice called Mindful Living, counselling and psychology that's based in Croydon in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. And I lead a team of 10 clinicians in that practice, all of whom are EMDR trained therapists. So we have a particular emphasis on supporting people to overcome the experience of trauma. And so I'm a clinician, which means I'm a therapist myself. I'm an EMDR trained therapist and my background is originally in social work and then psychotherapy. So I work with a range of different presenting concerns, not just trauma, anxiety, depression, and other types of experiences as well. So at Mindful Living, I have a number of different roles. I lead the team. I provide a lot of supervision, which is consultation to both my own team, but also to other mental health professionals, particularly in this method of EMDR therapy, because I'm a trainer in that method. And I supervise people as they go about learning that method and increasing their confidence and their skill. And then I obviously see clients myself, for EMDR therapy, but also I I use a number of other different approaches as well. In addition to Mindful Living, I'm also the coordinator of the first inpatient hospital-based EMDR therapy program in Victoria. So that's at a place called the Melbourne Clinic, which is a private mental health hospital.
0: That's amazing. How do you switch between the two?
1: It's difficult at times because I find that there can be things going on with each role on each day of the week and when I've got one hat on it can be difficult to to juggle that. Um, I have a very good team around me at Mindful Living. I have an administration team and a practice manager that really help to manage things in my absence and then at the Melbourne Clinic I've got a second in charge as well who's incredibly supportive too. So I think it's about allocating particular days to each role and as you are well aware Emma, (laughs) through our coaching work together I do find it difficult difficult at times to to juggle, particularly because I'm so passionate about both of them. But um, it's a work in progress at the moment.
0: Oh, and your passion comes through, my friend. I think anyone that is lucky enough to get you as their EMDR therapist would feel very privileged, I suspect, because of how much you care about them getting a result that allows them to free them up to move on with life. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a bit, but what is it that motivates you to do all the elements that you actually do. Mm. What's that fire that's burning in your belly?
1: Well, I was drawn to this work originally because of some of my own personal experience in childhood, and that's not unusual. A lot of mental health professionals, I think, have had their own lived experience. And so I've always wanted to work in the helping professions, and social work was my first degree. And then I realised that I wanted to work particularly around um, mental health because there's an incredible epidemic of mental health in our in our society. And so that was my initial motivation. And I think the more that I've worked in the field, particularly with something like EMDR therapy, I feel that I can make a real difference. And so having something to offer people that they may not have heard about before or may not have tried is incredibly rewarding. I think the most important thing for me is the incredible privilege that it is to sit with a person that you don't know or haven't met before and for them to share the most important and intimate details of their life with you that's an incredible opportunity I think that's very unique Um, so to be led into people's lives and to form a very close connection with somebody and to feel like you can offer them something that's going to be transformative and really meaningful to reduce and alleviate their suffering I mean I can't think of anything better to be honest. As a business owner, I think for me, it was about having something I could be really proud of. So I've developed a practice that has grown over the five years since it was first developed into a a team and a practice that is very special. And so I feel incredibly proud of that. And there's autonomy that comes from having your own business, being able to run it the way that you like. Quite recently, we developed um, or moved into our own clinic space where we have a whole building to ourselves and even being able to furnish it exactly as I liked gave me enormous pride and satisfaction.
0: Yeah. It's been very interesting watching you grow and it's been a privilege for me to work with you on watching your practice flourish and it's just amazing. What is the next year look like for you from a goals perspective, from the business and both, and from EMDR?
1: Mm. So with the team, it's about continuing to grow. As I said, we've got our own clinic now. Previously, we were renting rooms within an existing wellness centre. We now have a whole building, which means we've got scope to increase the team. So continuing to diversify. So therapists of all you know ages, male and female of different backgrounds. So working with children, adolescents, adults, families, couples. So really diversifying the team even further and continuing to develop Um, a team that can service more of the community more from a personal perspective, what I'm working on at the moment is developing my own personal brand as an EMDR trainer and as a consultant. So what that means is that outside of Mindful Living already, I'm consulting a number of, well, quite a lot of mental health professionals to coach and to support them as they grow as a therapist. But I'm really wanting to increase that. And so now I'm an accredited EMDR trainer, one of only 10 in Australia. So what that means is training up mental health professionals in the method of EMDR therapy. And so that's something that I'm really working toward increasing and then developing a coaching program mentoring and and supporting therapists to build their confidence as you can imagine it's not for the faint-hearted when you're working directly with someone's traumatic experiences it can be quite a, a an emotional experience for both the therapist and the client obviously is sitting with a lot of a lot of activation of, of emotion and but uh I think with the right support and the right mentoring, therapists can feel incredibly empowered in that work. So that's the main focus for me for the next year.
0: It's awesome. What's it been like for you being a therapist and then switching brains to run a business? Because it, sometimes it doesn't come naturally to people and sometimes they're a really good therapist or clinician, I see it a lot in my work that they're very good at what they actually do, and they step into business thinking it's not that hard, but then it turns out to be more difficult than they thought. But what's it like for you?
1: I could really relate to that. When I started Mindful Living, it was, as I'd call a side hustle while I was working full-time in another clinical role in an organisation, and I didn't expect that it would develop into what it has. And as it has grown and developed, while it's been very exciting, it's also been quite scary at times as I've taken on more financial risk and had to put on, as you said, a hat that is very different to what I've been trained to do. I've not had any business training and so I've not found that an easy transition. It's been very exciting. However, particularly for me, the numbers side of things, the accounting of the business and it's become a company structure this year from being a sole trader to now being a company incorporated. That's been a huge learning curve for me. Things around compliance, around tax and and, and employees, contractor type of relations. What's been really important for me is having a really good team around me. So I've got an incredible business coach, which is you. I've also got a practice manager who's very savvy and has been able to support me along that way. I've also engaged a solicitor and an accountant who happen to work in the same building together. And so they've been an incredible duo that have really helped to bring me up to speed. I've had to make a lot of mistakes along the way, and I think being okay with making mistakes and... Asking for help when I've needed it has been the most important thing.
0: Mm. So it sounds like, though, you kind of went into it knowing that you might have some deficits, but then you put the support around you to make sure that that was kind of managed. What do you reckon, having done this for a few years now, what type of mistakes have you made and how have you overcome them? How have you worked your mind through overcoming some of those mistakes? Mm. I think the mistakes have been around not setting the
1: business up as I want it to continue. What I mean by that has been, for example, having some friends working in the practice and having... Arrangements, I guess, that have been less formal than they needed to be, even around contracts of people working in my business. You know, having that arrangement where it's been a friendly, not a handshake, there's always been something in writing, but not having the processes set up from the beginning. I think that was difficult because, particularly with one of my clinicians, it meant that as the business grew and as things changed and as things needed to be formalized, there was a, a mismatch of expectations moving forward. And so we've parted company amicably now, but that was a painful time for me as a Business owner, where you know friendship and and business got a little bit mixed up. Um, I think also mixing family and and business can also be challenging, and and that's an area that I've also needed to grow in and to you know work out. I suppose around um, it was my partner actually that was involved in the business, and you know working out how that was going to work, and 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 you know. Putting on the business hat, I suppose, and thinking outside of that relationship was important too. Um, I think also around compliance to do with tax and GST and a whole lot of things. I realised along the way that there were actually some things I needed to put in place to ensure that. And so making sure pretty quickly that I had the right professional supports in place, particularly as I said, the uh, the solicitor and the accountant were incredibly important. And I think business coaching for me has been the most important thing, having somebody to bounce ideas around with, um, having somebody who could could foresee possible issues that might be coming up ahead and being able to troubleshoot and problem solve those things. That's been the most important thing for me.
0: It's interesting because being a business owner can be freaking lonely, right? Yeah. And so you've got me as a business coach and you've got um, some other support in your solicitor and lawyer. How else do you keep from being feeling lonely or feeling the pressure of the day-to-day pump of running a business?
1: Well, I think having informal support from other colleagues, so both people in the practice, but also outside of that. So I have supervision groups and I have other professional networks that I link into. Um, Having a, a partner at home that I can have an opportunity just to debrief the day with has been incredibly important as well. I'm part of a number of online groups, of Facebook groups, actually, of other business owners and allied health business owners particularly. So for example if I have something that comes up or a question I can post it in that Facebook group and I feel like I've got a whole network or a whole tribe of people around me that can provide me with guidance and advice. And being part of the Thriving Women Business Coaching Group has given me an enormous amount of support as well. So we recently went on a retreat and I felt like I was surrounded by a group of women who were in business as well and and Interestingly, having women around me that are in different businesses, so different fields of work, has been incredibly helpful, more than I expected. I expected that they wouldn't perhaps understand the nuance of my field, but it's actually been really helpful to give me a different perspective and to be able to learn from people that are outside of my sphere, which has given me a whole lot of different ideas that I didn't anticipate.
0: That's awesome. So the diversity of the group makes it work, Indeed. Yeah, that's, right. that's awesome. It's so it's so fascinating because it's got some amazing results. I can really see the impact that you have on your clients, and you're getting busier and busier from when we've started working together to now. You know, you've grown in an amazing in amazing way. Um, and as we wrap it up, I just want to say I'm totally grateful for you. I think the work that you're doing is amazing as a trainer, as a clinician, as a business owner. Like they are, not easy hats to wear. And thank you for coming in and sharing it with us. And I suspect that people will jump online and and find Caroline Burrows. And um, I hope that your business just goes from strength to strength because you totally deserve it.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been lovely to speak with you, Emma.
0: That's Caroline Burrows. Check out her business, Mindful Living. Details are in the show notes. If you love this episode, can I ask a favor? I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts to help other women looking for a podcast on inspiring women in leadership and business. You can also contact me directly. Just reach out. You'll find all my details on my website, emmaqueen.com.au. While you're there, take a sneak peek at my book, Go Getter, in which I share the tools and tips to raise your mojo, shift your mindset and thrive. I can't wait to speak to you soon.